Alright, so we've got Survivor Series coming up on Sunday. We've got two major changes to two really big matches, two highly anticipated matches in Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar and also uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rowdy Ronda Rousey. I highly anticipate these matches only because it's going to lead to, uh, well, we already have a lot of character development. However, we don't have much story pushing uh, both narratives. However, we do have, again, enough character development with all four superstars. You know, a couple of months ago, it was uh, written as far as the WrestleMania storyline went with Roman, who I definitely hope is doing well in his time off. But it was the, the story with Roman and Brock Lesnar was, oh, Brock doesn't want to come to work. He doesn't care about any of you guys in the WWE universe. And I understood what was meant and to be able to make it this far, you know, Brock Lesnar being driven by getting paid and such like that. He has an opportunity, apparently we call it contractual obligation or however we'll feel about it. But he's going in there as universal champion to uh, take on another champion. Now, we have a bad guy versus a quote unquote bad guy in Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar. So if we were to give an idea as to what could potentially happen, you know, we know that Daniel Bryan is an awesome submission specialist. We know that Daniel Bryan is uh, extremely talented. And I've even got the opportunity to see uh, just a small clip of what his dream would have been taking on Brock just as far as a quick sequence went. And I must say, as somebody who just got back to watching sports entertainment in 2015 and, you know, seeing inklings here and there from 2014 summer, I could say that Daniel Bryan is very, very, very good. I didn't even think of, of course, we all know these guys are trained professionals, but I didn't think that Daniel Bryan would be able to make something look interesting. If we were to speak on the reigning defender, undisputed universal heavyweight champion of the world, Brock Lesnar, I think that he's more of a he's more of a brawler, you know. Uh, Daniel Bryan seeming to be more of a, a mat wrestler, if that's what we'll call it. It's a it's an interesting dynamic between the two, and I think that Daniel Bryan might mess around and hit a low blow. I've never seen. Well, I think I've seen Brock take a low blow or two, but, you know, on Daniel Bryan levels, the joke running around the internet is uh, the, our United States champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, his low blows, uh, you know, even one of them being called the phenomenal ball arm, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't really knock AJ out, but Daniel Bryan hits one. And gets a, well, not clean one, two, three, but he got a one, two, three. It was even uh, raised the idea of, you know, being to the fact that it, I think it marks 13 years now that we don't have Eddie Guerrero anymore, uh, that that was done in an homage to him. And that segment on SmackDown Live this week in the main event definitely looked uh, Eddie Guerrero-esque. We do miss Eddie Guerrero a great deal. We all... Uh, care, you know, and I don't really like to talk about him too much because I get emotional, but again, he's missed dearly.
and I can't wait to, uh, you know, see what else they can think up as far as paying respects to him and tribute to what he is able to give us in the WWE universe. So, you know, Daniel Bryan has officially joined the low blow team. And is he going to pull that out against Brock Lesnar for the win? Well, or is Brock Lesnar going to be able to just overpower him? Because that's really what the story looks like. You know, it was looking... Part of any of those random sounds you hear in the background, the podcast in the shadows, you know, walking around in the dark. <laughs> so there's... Uh, is definitely bound to be some trip-ups and slip-ups every so often. Anyway, looking at the championship match between Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, I would like to see Daniel Bryan win like we all would, but I I still would like to see a two-sport champion. Not to say that Brock Lesnar would go into this with a loss or he'd come out of this with a loss, but I'm saying that I would rather see Brock Lesnar remain strong looking. He is the he's the beast of WWE. So he's going in. And I, again, I want to see him as a two sport champion. I want to see him go into his UFC uh, championship fight with Daniel Cormier looking as strong as ever. It would be completely awesome. <laughs> Personally, I, I think it would just be real cool. But um yeah, I think Daniel Bryan's going to have an extremely good showing. But all in all, we'll uh, take a heavyweight knockout loss. Maybe not a knockout per se, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the strength that overpowers him. You know, So not necessarily a prediction or a spoiler, but it's just my thought on it. A quick analysis as far as... Uh, what we've been given as far as character development is concerned regarding those two. Paying attention to the women's match between Ronda, well, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, pardon me, and Charlotte Flair, I do see essentially the same story. Ronda Rousey is, uh, as some have stated, the chosen one. You know, thus far, you know, currently in the product on WWE television, just as Charlotte is the chosen one for her respective brand. Of course, we all love Becky, but let's not take away from anybody in the women's uh, roster at all, because they're all very, very talented individuals and they're all very capable. Right now, I see that Charlotte is who is trusted the most. And that's what Becky was upset about before. But as I stated in the uh, SmackDown Live review and recap, Charlotte had to be called upon again by Becky. So Becky actually got a taste of what it felt like to have to ask for the same help that she was mad she couldn't offer before. It's okay. It's a valuable lesson learned in my opinion. I can appreciate, you know, what it was that... Uh, Becky was able to learn personally. I hope that Becky learned that lesson, though. So in the off chance that you ever hear this, Rebecca, that's a valuable lesson that I hope you learned personally. So 
as far as the Ronda Rousey Charlotte match goes, I think that Charlotte's gonna be able to show. that Charlotte's going to be able to show herself or show everyone that she's capable. But in the end, I think that uh, Becky Lynch is going, not pardon me, I think that Ronda Rousey is going to take the W. So a couple of the other matches we're going to have, I know we got one on the kickoff show, is going to be the Big Raw versus SmackDown tag team uh, matchup. And it's going to be a bunch of tag teams, Lucha House Party, Gonna have uh, insanity. Gonna have the new day. Uh, notice that I just named nine people, and I'm not mad at it at all. There are reasons why uh, these short matches have to be the way they are outside of time constraints on the pre-show or the kickoff show. I believe that all of these superstars have an opportunity to at least grasp the ire of the WWE Universe, and even if it's a quick pin, quick roll-up, devastate and move, you have to learn, or you guys have to learn how to see strength in defeat with these superstars. Like, how good do they look losing? Because I'm pretty sure they'll look greater winning, but if you can look good in defeat, then you're a star, baby. So I believe that, uh, you know, all of these superstars hodgepodged into one moment, uh, a brief moment, they still have the chance to at least grab everyone's attention. We have Primo and Epico on Team SmackDown. I remember that Primo and Epico were very dominant for a while. You know, they were uh, scary. And uh, what is it, the Puerto Rican gimmick, the travel packages and such? Uh, you know, it was, it was comical for the time that it ran. You know, it, did, it definitely ran its course, you know, and they've been uh, what some would call floundering on the roster since. But at the same time, we, again, have time constraints and not every superstar is going to be able to get all of the shine. So it's up to said superstars that are, quote unquote, floundering to be able to convey themselves in a fashion that is going to draw the intrigue of us out in the WWE universe. My constellation, it's not very difficult to grab my attention. It can get difficult to keep it. But as far as Primo and Epico go, I think they have a, a true chance outside of just being enhancement. And if it's written that they are enhancement for now, then I think that they should, uh, they still look good in loss, you know, and they are very strong. So they should always be able to you know, win on any given night, just as uh, the Good Brothers, Gal, Gal Anderson, or uh, Chad Too Bad, and Tex Ferguson. If you uh, if you're really uh, in the know about the wrestling product or the sports entertainment product, I think these guys are two extreme powerhouses. It's always good to see them on camera. For the guys that don't get much camera time, they sure are popular and were able to get themselves over from a comedic standpoint but not the you know comedic losers they're they're awesome you know they're very strong and they can be just as dominant on any given night this is why we have to pay attention to these tag teams because they're not they're not slouches they're not pushovers at all we've got um of course the usos which have drawn a, a fair line in what it means to be a tag team 
and just, you know, tagging up with someone. They are going to captain the team. And, you know, some people are saying, oh, whatever that means, uh, we don't know what, what's the importance behind it. Well, you can't take out twins. You can't beat twins. That's that's a running theme. Like, they're, they're, as far as teaming up goes, these guys have been doing, they've been a tag team since birth. They've been partners. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, just trying to stick with the don't sleep on these guys uh, mantra, they are definitely a team to pay attention to going into it, just the, just as with the Ascension, you know, Bobby Roode has quite the mean streak, and Chad Gable is quite the athlete, we've all seen him deadlift into a German suplex, a number of superstars, so that could uh, pay dividends come tomorrow at Survivor Series. We don't know what could take place during that kickoff, but also with the mean streak of Bobby Roode, we haven't necessarily seen it, but we've seen it hinted at a number of times based on uh, Bobby Roode being a little upset that Chad Gable was jumping in the spotlight, you know, they when they were going up against the Ascension for a couple of weeks on Raw. I think that they've ascended to... Uh, a fair title shot, maybe. Let's look at the B team. You can't forget about the B team. They were a Cinderella story for a couple of weeks. They are no longer the Miz-Taraj. However, they still are very uh, capable of making themselves look good. You know, don't. I'm not, you, know, you just don't count them out. I think that the B team is a very strong-looking <laughs> team when they when they actually get their heads together and it doesn't necessarily always need to be happenstance to get these guys over even though you got to take it how you get it and that's one of the lessons that WWE constantly teaches so if I've forgotten any teams as far as it goes let's just recall it is the kickoff and we do have a lot of other uh, uh, superstars to discuss so I told you guys I didn't really want to predict what was going to happen, but as far as those two teams go, with all of those members, you know, we've got the Lucha House Party, and Sanity, they are constantly written in as a team to be reckoned with. They're a force, and they're dominant, and, you know, they'll eventually get their time to shine on SmackDown. For right now, we don't know what's going to happen with them, but they are uh, they are in the match. So let's see what it is they're going to be able to bring in the time allotted. We again with the Lucha House Party, we've seen these guys on Two or Five Live. We've seen them individually. They're all extremely good at what it is they do, and they're fun. They're bringing a different type of energy back to sports entertainment as far as Lucha Libre goes you know the cruiserweight mindset is what they go in with and they look real good every single time they show us what their capabilities are from a Lucha Libre standpoint it always reminds me of you know what what it's evolved into especially meshing it with the idea of sports entertainment so 
These guys are going to be uh, a team to look at. I still say Chad Gable is going to be the sleeper. What are you doing? Pardon me. I still say Chad Gable is going to be a sleeper member on the team. I think that we're going to have to watch out for him. Of course, you know, we have the New Day, uh, five-time tag champs. This is my favorite tag team. This is a part of the reason why I watch WWE still, you know, in respect to all of the tag teams. But these guys have been my favorites for a while now. I've always, uh, I've seen the ins and outs and the ups and downs, you know. They've even, they're even gracious enough to uh, aid in sponsoring this segment of the Broadcast from the Shadows, you know, with Bootios. They took an idea and they actually made it into something. So that's that's deep. So I, I appreciate them for that. But either way, I think that uh, the New Day, if we're paying attention to that tandem offense this Tuesday on SmackDown Live, you guys can see that they're completely capable. And whatever they bring to the table is going to, you know, it, you, you can't really use too many shenanigans because it's going to be so many people, so many superstars that are already uh, kind of aware of what these guys are capable of. So they're going to just, everyone's going to be, everyone's going to have their head on the 10, 10x swivel. You know, you, ha- you have to <laughs> because it's just so many people. But it's going to be very exciting to see. I can't wait for that match on the kickoff. And let's move on to the next one. Shinsuke Nakamura and Seth freaking Rollins. We haven't seen our United States champion on television for some weeks now. I miss him. I would like to see, uh, honestly, since this is just a simple discussion piece, I would like to see him. I'm glad he's embraced uh, the Japanese aspect of what it is uh, he, he shares on the microphone, but at the same time, we don't want him to be degraded to just what chance. I think he is very, very comical in a don't mess with him type of fashion. Like he is an artist and apparently he hits really, really hard. So Seth Rollins can't go in uh, focused on anything else, but we all know what's going on right now with Seth. He's uh, he's seemingly focused more so on his situation with Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose isn't necessarily interested in uh, whatever with Seth. You know, I've shared my take on it uh, this week on the Raw Recap. You can go back and listen to that if you want to. I don't think that uh, I don't think that Dean necessarily was wrong in what he said. I think that looking behind his brothers did make him a little bit weaker because he wasn't necessarily worrying about himself. However, Seth responds to that come tomorrow at Survivor Series, you know, is, well, we need to have Seth focus on the match at Survivor Series as opposed to being worried about Dean Ambrose. And some people are uh, predicting an Ambrose interruption into the match and interfere. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not out of the park. I would say that Seth might have overbooked himself with this one. If he's not focused on the United States champion, then he's 
he's just got it twisted. He has to be focused on the United States champion. That's just that. He can't be worried about what Dean brings. Uh, period. You know, Seth sharing that his heart was broke. I'm part of me. Uh, Shinsuke sharing that his heart was broke. Feelings was hurt because he essentially went ignored. You know, it's uh, it's sucky. You know, we don't want to see anything like that happen. We don't want to see uh, a, a champion with his feelings hurt, <laughs> you know, because now he wants to break his face. Seth needs to be, he needs to have his antennas up when it comes to Shinsuke Nakamura. I think that they're going to put on a very fair match, but there could be an interference from Ambrose. You know, maybe, maybe not. But I think that uh, at the end of the day, just because of the situation and the way it's taking place, I mean, we know Seth is going across the globe, you know, defending that championship. But Nakamura has been backstage clamoring to get in the ring. And each time we've seen him in there, the small times we've seen him on camera, just as I said, in the small time allotted, the small time you're given, it's up to you to uh, look good, look strong. And that is exactly what uh, Seth has done. I'm part of me. That's exactly what Shinsuke has done. He looks hungry when he goes in. And that always makes for some very entertaining fight. <laughs> you know? So whatever uh, Seth, not whatever Shinsuke comes with this time, I just hope that Seth is prepared for it. And I'm honestly hoping that Dean doesn't jump in. Just let this man have his match and you bother him on Raw or something like that. You know, he's starting fresh. He's starting new, so he says. So we're going to find out exactly what that means in, you know, respectful time. You know what I noticed? I noticed that we don't have a fifth woman on the SmackDown side of things for the, you know, women's. Tag Team Survivor Series matchup tomorrow on the WWE Network. I recognize that we have Sonya Deville, we have uh, Naomi, we have Asuka, and we have Carmella. And on the Raw side of things, we have a full team of Natty, Tamina, Nia Jax, Ruby Riot, and Nikki James. We know that Charlotte was supposed to be the uh, fifth member, she was attempting to be the captain. Well, she was asked to be the captain, pardon me. And she uh, didn't think she was uh, the right woman for the job. Sadly for her, as far as that mentality went, she's been chosen and selected for an even larger position and representing the brand in the champion's place against Ronda Rousey. There have been rumblings about uh, this, the fifth person being maybe Mandy Rose or being potentially uh, Nikki Cross, but uh, I don't have a pony in the race. I would like to see Mandy Rose in there, but at the same time, I don't know if we're thinking about, you know, say, for instance, SmackDown uh, women winning the match, it could fall into some sort of uh, debauchery, but at the same exact time, on the raw side, it does balance itself out, so, 
this is, this does make for some very uh, attention drawing uh, action. I think that we will not even think. I know that we have four heels on Team Rosad and a face in Natty, and we know that right now Natty has been emotionally distraught in the past few weeks based on the actions of the Riot squad, Ruby Riot mainly with breaking her father's sunglasses and then uh, faking an apology about it. And uh, on the SmackDown side, we have uh, we have uh, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. You know, this goes back to, what I believe, evolution with the Women's Battle Royal where uh, you would assume that they would work together the entire time, but Mandy Rose uh, took the opportunity to eliminate Sonya Deville, and the look that Sonya Deville gave her was almost priceless. So this uh, makes for some fairly compelling drama, and it's going to be very, very, uh, for lack of a better word for now, interesting to see, or rather say engaging, to see who and how this story plays out in their match. And who doesn't love a good old cat fight sometimes? I don't know who to pick. This is why I didn't make any predictions. I'd rather enjoy how the story unfolds and tells itself. I think the Royal Women's team this time around has a little bit more of a close-knit base. And uh, Tamina and Nia Jax being a bit closer. Ruby Riot being a leader of her own team. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Mickey James being uh you know besties as such you know and alexa bliss is captaining the team so it's going to be uh you know led correctly and uh we don't even have a captain on the blue side when it comes to the women so who knows what's going to happen uh some would say smart money is on the red brand and i wouldn't disagree with them i'll just uh, see how it takes place tomorrow at Survivor Series. So we know Team SmackDown is going to be uh, captained by The Miz. And we've got Jeff Hardy. We've got Samoa Joe. We've got Rey Mysterio. And we've got the best in the world, Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac, uh, going up against Team Raw, which is uh, Bobby Roode and Finn Balor, uh, Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and... Braun Strowman, captained by uh, acting general manager Baron Corbin. I think that a true sleeper in the match is going to be Samoa Joe. I think that Samoa Joe is uh, very elusive, rather sneaky. He moves in between uh, the radar a lot, so he could be uh, potentially one of the people in the match that really represent their brand. Maybe not uh, takes the team to victory, per se. We know that uh, Joe has always come rather close, not to take anything away from him, you know. But uh, this time around, he uh, doesn't have as much to worry about. I mean, of course, we're worried about the largest thing, the brand. But as far as championship matches go, you know, his uh, last two championship opportunities against uh, AJ Styles, when he was champion, was they were great showings, but we saw that just Smojo's knee, it gave out on him at Super Show down in Australia. The, the knee was clearly still tweaked by 
uh, crown jewels sometime later because that was the first thing that the champion at the time, AJ Styles, went for. And ultimately, that was what led AJ to uh, retaining the championship. But this time around, it's a lot more people. This leaves a lot more openness for Joey to uh, take advantage of. You know, he can get some people out of out of nowhere, you know, and you know, maybe clutch them up or, uh, you know, got quick hands, quick feet. And Samoa Joe is uh, full of surprises. So I think that he's going to be one of the people to watch uh, this match. Of course, we've got a ton. we got nine other combustible elements. I honestly would think that uh, Team SmackDown is going to be able to take this one only because of all of the... Uh, mm, all of the, the fireworks that can take place on Team Raw amongst each other. Like, these guys don't necessarily like each other too much. Bobby Lashley uh, and Finn Balor have had some issues... You can just sense the dissension between Drew and Dolph. We're not trying to say that it's going to happen anytime soon, but if we're making reference to Dolph being a weak link on the team, then and it's Drew saying it, and it says something. We know that the pack can work together, but the Dogs of War have shown uh, true cracks in their armor only when it came down to winning. You know, Braun Strowman is a monster, and he's pissed, and he has to... Uh, keep his head straight and dealing with Baron Corbin for now, you know. But and you know, in the back of his head, with uh, some pun intended, he's not—he hasn't forgotten at all about what happened at Crown Jewel. So it's going to be very interesting to see how those uh, those members on Team Raw work together, or how they gel. But uh, I don't think that they'll be, personally, I don't think they'll be able to keep it together for long enough when Team SmackDown definitely has something to prove. But you look at 3-0, you're looking at 3-0. Three years so far, Team Raw has won two of them. Coming up on the third one now, tomorrow is going to come to a head. I think that, uh, you know, running back to the story last year, I think if we run back uh, to Survivor Series of 2017, uh, stream at any time on demand. You can clearly look at what the story was. You know, uh, Shane took the pin, or well, Shane got the pin, but Triple H ultimately won. As in SmackDown won the battle, uh, Raw won the war, <laughs> but all in all, the authority always wins. So, looking at it this year and what it could be. You know, uh, Triple H is out. I would have loved to see him in the match, but, you know, he's injured. I hope he gets well soon. So, on the off chance you ever get to hear this hitch, we're with you, big bro. Um, I think that, I think Team SmackDown might be able to pull this one out tomorrow. It's going to be uh, extremely intriguing to watch. It's going to be real good to see exactly what Jeff Hardy does. Uh, he's come back, and then he's gone extreme. We've seen him do some... Uh, death-defying stuff in his entire time with the company, and he's, uh, I wouldn't say he slowed down at all, but I think he would, you know, tr to remain safe <laughs> as possible, but I definitely think that is going to be one of the standout matches on the card. The Authors of Pain are taking on the bar. If we're to speak 
outside of the ring, if we're to speak from a backstage space, which I don't I don't really like doing too often, but you know, we've all been watching for enough time to understand certain aspects of quote unquote the business. I think honestly the authors of pain can uh, can use the rub from the bar and Big Show, not to take anything away from Big Show. I think that the bar are gonna continue to be solidified and the authors of pain are trying to create a name for themselves. So if the bar went over, uh, the Alders of Pain could potentially look a little less dominant and would make Drake Maverick's wording uh, a, a little light on the, the backup. But I've learned to trust uh, what it is uh, the, the general manager of 205 Live uh, shares. He's extremely inspirational. You know, he believes, you know, and and what he's saying and he knows that what he says comes to fruition so what happens uh tomorrow from an in-ring space i think that the bar is gonna come with some awesome awesome offense but i think that they're just going to get overpowered by the authors of pain Uh, we haven't been given much story leading into this but i definitely have seen uh what both teams have to offer the bar has been having trouble with the five-time tag team champions, the New Day. Sure, they might have broken the longest reigning streak uh, that some time ago. And they've definitely had some very, very great matches since. But in the end, they needed the big show. If they didn't have the big show, then they wouldn't be truly defeating the New Day. Of course, we can say the numbers game has evened itself out, but... The New Day hasn't really been using any kinds of bad guy shenanigans for a long time now. Therefore, you know, the bar bringing out the big show and the rest of that is... Hmm. But the New Day is an AOP. And the New Day don't got Drake, Drake Maverick with them. They definitely have Xavier Woods. And as good as Woods is, he knows he's no Drake Maverick. So in the off chance you guys on New Day here, this I love y'all. Don't don't take what I'm saying personally, but I think the bar has a has a very very uh has an uphill climb as far as uh, representing the SmackDown Tag Team Championships go tomorrow night at Survivor Series. It does not matter. In closing. Where you're at on the card, all that matters is that you're on TV. One of the excuse me, one of the more anticipated matches uh, for myself personally is going to be the cruiserweight championship uh, defense between or the bout between uh, champion Buddy Murphy and challenger Mustafa Ali. I can't wait to see what it is these guys are able to bring to the table. I don't know where it's at on the card, and I don't know how much time the match is going to be given for anybody that is uh, in the know. But I know that these two have given us amazing matches on 205 Live individually, and when they had their matches, one match that I remember seeing you know, with the tables and, uh, what's it, pardon me, with the ring steps and the 
giant DDT and the knees. Listen, the juggernaut versus the heart is going to be something to look at. Remember when Buddy Murphy won the championship from Cedric Alexander at Super Showdown in his hometown. The way he flew out of that ring and the match hadn't been going for even uh, a minute. These guys are hungry. These guys have something to prove. They definitely can hang with the main roster superstars and the NXT superstars. Uh, the entire Cruiserweight division is going out there and they're, they're giving everything they've got. And that means something to the extent where uh, they've even been given a much more lively crowd. You guys can tell yourselves how 205 Live is uh, being recorded or being streamed on the WWE Network. I just know that the crowd is much more lively and way more excited to see these superstars, meaning from an in-ring perspective, these guys are totally, totally stepping their game up and giving everything it is that they have to offer the 205 Live product. I think it's awesome every week to see them. I think it is uh, one of the most exciting hours on television. Uh, next to the third hour on Raw, call it what you want. You can be mad at it or you like. I enjoy the third hour personally. It's the culmination of the entire uh, thread of the storyline throughout the night. If you don't want it to make sense, then it's not going to make sense. But if you look at these segments, as far as characters developing themselves, then it's not just uh, cannon fodder. It's actually uh, true blue charisma. You can't see it if you're not looking for it. If you want to complain about being tired for uh, tired watch for two hours and the rest of that, again, you're not looking at a sports entertainment product. If you want to say that the NXT product is uh, light years ahead, uh, you're entitled to your own opinion. Uh, Al Snow once said that an opinion is the lowest form of human thought, and I am inclined to agree. So you can feel how you want, but 205 Live is one of the most exciting hours on television, and we're going to get the opportunity to see the cruiserweight champion, Buddy Murphy, defend his championship that all of these guys are vying for. If you're thinking back, the Cruiserweight title has come a long way thus far. We haven't been on for too long, but the Cruiserweight division has totally seen the ups and downs. And it's still trucking along real strong. So, regardless of who you think is in charge, regardless of how you want to feel, what matters here right now is the fact that the Cruiserweight Championship is yet again being defended on on a pay-per-view and we're seeing much more of the cruiserweight division being highlighted on the WWE product which says a lot for each and every superstar that is putting in the effort to make the cruiserweight division what it is right now and what it will be one day I can't wait till the match tomorrow we know that uh, Mustafa Ali has beaten Buddy Murphy in the past We've even seen uh, Buddy Murphy still a bit salty about it, uh, just as recent as this week on 205 Live, where they got into a very, very, very heated shoving match, where General Manager Drake Maverick 
recognizing what could take place, wanting to keep his champions and and his challenge, keep his superstars safe before the pay per view. He had to break that up, but it was it was Shane's a shame. <laughs> you know, I watched 205 after I saw SmackDown this week, so it was definitely shades of Shane from breaking up the fight between AJ and Daniel Bryan. However we look at it, I believe that is our full card. Is I think it was a cool little thought, uh, a little, little, little wave that I was attempting to share. I'm going to give more of these as we continue through the pay-per-views and uh, we're getting it all together. So thank you for listening. This is Blake, broadcaster from the shadows. I will see you guys tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. I believe it'll be for Pacific. For Survivor Series, stream it live on the WWE Network.